than Rise Up with O'Brien's podcast. We are so excited about this, do I dare say, spooky topic that we have going on today um, in honor of the sugar season that is here. I would love to introduce you to our speaker and guest today, Vanessa Rivero. She helps participants caught up in the triad of stress, sugar cravings, and hormonal imbalance to get to the root cause so they can have clear skin, conquer their cravings, and find fun in their lives. She is an Ayurvedic counselor, yoga instructor, and health coach with five years of experience in the mental health field. Her mission is to teach the importance of taking control of your own health by using ancient wisdom and modern science. She utilizes yoga and Ayurvedic Ayurveda to manage her resistance to insulin and hormonal imbalance. She's passionate about the complexity of health and wellness and aims to encourage clients to own their individualities with pride and steer away from society, what society expects them to be. That's a lot. You have a lot in your plate, Vanessa. Thank you so much for, for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here and to be able to share some information with all the listeners. Thank you. And you are in Florida, is that correct? That is correct. Beautiful Florida. So thank you again for making time. Let's talk about this sugar world that we're living in. I almost brought Hershey's chocolate bars and Reese's peanut butter cups that are sitting in my kitchen cabinet right now. Let's talk about sugar. So why do we care? Why is this so important for us to be aware of? Well, I'm pretty sure everybody can guess by now that excess sugar in the diet is becoming a problem for public health. I mean, we have diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease becoming more and more common in the United States alone, let alone the rest of the world. I mean, this is becoming almost like a new pandemic that we're not even that aware of. Right. Now, it's not like sugar is the enemy, and I will never want anybody to hold on to that false belief. Excess sugar, no matter where it comes from, leads to many imbalances in the body and feeds the disease. So it's not like sugar is bad and it's the enemy. No, no, no. It's the excess of that sugar that we're eating daily without even realizing that's the problem. Right. And we're going into that crazy season where I think we're kind of inundated with sweets and celebrations and all of the different, you know, things that come along with the holidays that are coming up. That's right. Yeah, these are the time to celebrate. Then it's great that we celebrate, but it's also great that we keep in mind that this is a whole season of excess and sugary things and maybe even meals that we don't eat every single day the rest of the year. So a good balance is, I think a good balance is always key to maintain that healthy lifestyle that we want and enjoy the holidays that are coming. Absolutely. So you mentioned disease, you mentioned on, you know, the impact of sugar. So what are some of the, you know, things to be aware of or the diseases or different impacts that it may have on us if we are consuming too much? Well, amazingly enough, there are many things that sugar can lead to besides the ones that I mentioned before. One of the things are, for example, hormonal imbalance, both in women and men, which basically means that the body is not functioning well from a chemical perspective. And if mm -hmm. the hormones are not working well, then your body is not going to thrive. 
and other common imbalances where sugar could play a role are stress, anxiety, insomnia, general fatigue, cloudy mind, and even general heaviness in the body. Like you don't feel like standing, you don't feel like doing anything. There might be a little bit of excess sugar in your diet that is influencing that feeling. Yeah, definitely. So I have to ask, since I, I've mentioned and I admitted that we have some sugary sweets in my house, I have two young children who do deserve a treat every once in a while. Um, what are these sugars that we should be aware of um, that to limit, if you will, not to avoid? What should we be looking out for? Well, first of all, I, I'm always going to be recommending organic sources of sugar. It's not... And again, I don't want anybody to live here thinking that sugar is bad and that we should all throw all of our candies out of the window for the rest of the season. That's not the point. And I'm really mindful when using the concept of bad sugars or dangerous sugar because sugar plays an important role in the body. I mean, our brain works with both fat and sugar. So thinking about eliminating those two can be something that can lead to more dangerous things in the future. However, I do believe that there's especially one specifically type of sugar that can be very harmful for the body. And this is the white sugar, also known as table sugar. Mm. It is the most common and it's the cheapest and everybody probably has it in their house at this moment. I mean, I'm guilty of that. I have some of that in my house at this moment. <laughs> But it is harmful mainly because it takes a lot of chemicals to get that sugar. Mind you, sugar actually is brown in color. So just imagine the chemical process that has to go through in order to just make it white. That's a lot of chemicals. And those chemicals are going to affect our body and create lots of inflammation. And that also leads to other type of complications that we already mentioned. It can even be toxic when taken in excess. Yeah, what a great example. I'm even thinking about, you know, washing laundry, right? If you're trying to bleach something, it's very muddy, it's stained, it's dirty. You're trying to make it white again. You know, that's a great example um, in just what needs to happen with sugar. And I know when I bake, most of the time, that's what I'm putting in there. Um, and that's you know, just the reality of it. So again, we're trying to start to shift that. But what I hear you saying is that I don't need to cut it out completely. Um, you can still cook with it. You can still have an occasional Hershey bar. Um, so it's limiting rather than avoiding. So I can still eat that Halloween candy this year? Of course you can. <laughs> Let's be real for a moment. Everybody's using white sugar right now. Every mm -hmm. bakery that you go to, Every candy that you eat, those things have white sugar. So it's impossible to pretend that we're just going to eliminate white sugar from our lives. Mm -hmm. So the idea here is, again, finding balance. And from personal experience, I did really recommend people to start looking at the amount of sugar they are consuming right now at their moment. Look at your food cabinet and read the labels. How mm -hmm. much sugar is actually in every single thing that you're eating? Not to get obsessive on anything, but you will be surprised of all the hidden sugar that some of the food that we're consuming contain. So that will be 
the first thing, just a moderation and just make sure that you are observing the amount of sugar you're consuming daily. Yeah, that's a great example too. And I did that recently as well, because we do eat a lot of yogurt in my house. And I was amazed on the amount of sugar straight up that was in yogurt, especially children's yogurt to make it taste good. Um, so that was really eye-opening for me and what a great place to start. Um, Vanessa, what else is shocking to you that has so much sugar in it that you wouldn't think that maybe you had in your cabinet or fridge at one point? One thing that always surprised me is coffee, honestly, because wow. everybody says they love coffee until they take the sugar away. <laughs> then it's all bitter and nobody really likes it. So when you take the milk and the sugar especially, it's just really bitter. If you want to know if you really like coffee, just take the sugar away. Make a test and see if you will still like it. Yeah. Other things that contain a lot of sugar are, for example, Gatorade and mm -hmm. the savor waters that sometimes we find in the pharmacies or the supermarkets. It has a lot of water, a lot of water, a lot of sugar just to compensate of that bad taste. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that's a trap that many people fall into, too, because we're always told to drink more water, drink more water, drink more water. But at a certain point, you're like, ah, I don't want any more water. So we add something to it. And that's a great recommendation to kind of watch that and kind of look for what it is that we're putting into our waters, because most of the time it is probably this white stuff that exactly. has been altered. Um, so that's a great place to start, Vanessa. I love that. I've scribbled that down for myself as a place to start, to start, you know, that process of cutting, cutting sugar out. Um, what's another recommendation? Because kids love sweets. I love sweets. What's another step that I can take outside of just reading the ingredients, maybe when I'm at home or in the supermarket? What's something else that I can do to take another step? Another step that we can all take is to, again, going back to the label, making sure that the amount of sugar per serving is no more than 12. If it's mm. higher than 12, it might be too much for the body. Got and it. also start experimenting with cooking and baking at home. Once you enter the kitchen, you gain this superpower, which is to control everything that goes in your body. You know exactly how much sugar you're eating. You know exactly how much fat and how much salt you actually need. So having that skill of getting brave enough and making the time to go to the kitchen and instead of buying cookies, you make them yourself. It's not only going to give you that motivation and that empowerment, but it's also going to be an amazing, almost family tradition, something that you can do with your children, if you may. Yes, and what a great place to start it early too, you know, start those early traditions with your family to incorporate some of these healthy habits. Absolutely. Um, and one of the, you know, ideas that I was thinking too is, you know, just to start to incorporate some of these different alternatives, if you will. So if white sugar is your staple and you're baking, I would imagine, and I'm going to ask you this question, what else can we try? What else can we incorporate that maybe will keep the flavor, keep what we're used to, but it's a healthy alternative for us? That's a great question. And we are fortunate enough to live in an era where we get all different types of sugars. I remember not long ago walking through Walmart and suddenly I saw plantain sugar or date sugar. 
and I, my mind was blown because of course they are sweet of course you can get sugar from that that makes a lot of sense so you can look for your most organic and natural sugar that come from fruit so again we're talking about dates bananas apples pears peach all of those are, are high in fructose and high in sugar fruits you can even do pancakes using just one rib banana that's mm. how much sugar it has and you can also look for other type of alternative which i'm not a big fan but if you feel like you the natural sugar is not something it's not an option for you right now then you can look up to other substitutes such as stevia and splenda however a word of warning those two especially are playing the same characteristic as white sugar lots of chemicals leading to lots of inflammation so if you're really working on trying to avoid sugar either organic or natural sugar i will highly recommend monk sugar m-o-n-k this is actually coming from the monk fruit which is found in Asia. And it's interesting because it is sweet, but research has shown that it doesn't have a lot of glucose or fructose. So it's not gonna bring the blood sugar up. It's actually believed that it is sweet because all of the antioxidants that the fruit possess. Wow, amazing. I've read it everywhere and I've seen it come across, but again, to hear it from an expert's mouth. So monk sugar. I'm going to keep yes. an eye out. I think that's a great suggestion and I welcome everyone to try it and let us know how it goes. <laughs> um, so you were talking about stevia and the other one. What about that when you're adding it to coffee? It's still going to add inflammation. It's going to be real sweet, I'm sure, but it's a better alternative than to the sugar. And is that what I'm hearing? It is a better alternative when your goal is to stay away from sugar. So for example, if you are a person who are going through diabetes and you're in the early steps, when you're just getting your medication, you're just figuring out your diet, maybe fruits are not an option for you right now. Or maybe you have fruit, but there are a very limited amount, such as just berries, for example. That might be a good place where you can add Splenda or monk sugar. Just know, between those substitutes, Splenda and Stevia are the ones that are going to lead you to more inflammation, which is basically what we want to avoid when we have any type of disease. Right. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, you were talking about adding a banana to um, pancakes, for example. I've heard a couple of times, and I've used it myself as well, adding applesauce as an alternate in some baking. Is that something that you would recommend, and why or why not? Yes, I highly recommend it. Applesauce may not be the most sweet thing that you can find. For example, just going back to the example of pancake, I will use that ripped banana there. It has the consistency of an egg. So if you are vegan or vegetarian, this might be a great option as well. And it has the sweetness that you need for the pancake. And honestly, it tastes really good as long as you like the banana taste. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I guess the same thing with apple as well. If you're putting that into breads or baking for the holidays, um, you may get a little sense of that apple flavor, but hopefully it's not, you know, going to transform the whole recipe. Exactly. That's so great. Um, so what other sh sugar substitutes? I love fruit and almost anything that I eat, especially when I'm talking about smoothies. Um, 
And I hear a lot of people, they'll add maple syrup or honey as well. So I would love to get your sense on those type of, you know, sugar alternatives, the maple syrup and honey as a sweetener, even, you know, outside of smoothie making. They are great. However, they are high in fructose. They are extremely sweet. So those are definitely going to spike your blood sugar. However, just going back to always going natural, always going organic, honey and maple syrup are great ways to just use for your baking, for example. Instead of the white sugar, you're using the honey. And it's also great for whenever you want to sweeten your tea, especially. Maybe not so much the coffee, but for tea, it tastes amazing. Absolutely. And would you say that, you know, maple syrup and honey, do we need to worry about those not being organic and natural? Just think about this. The more organic it is, the less ingredients it has, the better it is for the body. Anything else that doesn't belong to that food in particular, and we're talking about any type of chemical or preservative, will create inflammation in the body because they're not supposed to be in there. We're not supposed to be processing those. So the body's reaction to defend itself is to create inflammation, to call our brain's attention so we can send more healthy cells to just try to repair the area. Right. So I would imagine the easiest way to do that is to pick it up and turn it around and look at those ingredients. I've done this so many times and I am shocked that I can't pronounce about 80% of the words that are written in that ingredients list. <laughs> um, and I know those ingredients are listed in order of how much is in whatever it is that we're looking at. So again, a great advice that you know I scribbled down and I hope other people did as well to take a look at those ingredients. Make sure A, you can understand it and read them, <laughs> and B, look at the order that they're in because it is those first you know, ingredients that really pack the punch. Am I correct with that? Yes, you are correct. And one of the things I learned early on is if you cannot pronounce an ingredient, you shouldn't be eating it. That's just it. Well, it's so true, right? And if we're eating from the ground up, like we should most of the time, you know, shouldn't be a problem. Exactly. Um, so within that label, let's stick with that for a minute. What are the what are the sugars? How do we recognize those on an ingredient? What should we be looking for? Because it's probably not going to say white table sugar, you know, so what do we look for? We're going to look just for the sugars and it's going to give you when you go to the ingredients, it's going to give you a more specific sense of what type of sugar they are using as an ingredient. But just go and stick in just to the label with all the numbers. You're going to look for the serving amount because that's another tricky way they tell you for example oh this is just uh eight grams of sugar so you think oh i'm good but the serving portion is one cookie for example mm -hmm. so one cookie eight grams of sugar when right. another another person may be selling three cookies for eight grams of sugar so that's the importance of really reading and understanding the label and the serving portions that you are trying to consume because being completely honest i mean companies wants to sell mm -hmm. yes. and they are going to do what they can to sell their products and they're going to sell some that sugar and sweet and it tastes really good exactly <laughs> yeah so on the ingredients list is it you know so fructose i know is one sucrose is another one so is it all of those words that end in ose that we should be looking for correct 
Great. So there's another advice for those that are looking at the ingredients. Look at the serving size and look for those tricky words that end in OSE or OS um, is another you know, great trick to the trade. Um, what are some sneaky tricks that I can implement here in my house to trick my kids a little bit? Do you have any mom, dad, aunt, uncle tricks that maybe we can try? Of course, yes. For example, one of the things that I recommend all the time is to treat your smoothies as ice cream. So mm. making sure that all of your fruits are really frozen. So when you blend them, it, re it resembles ice cream. And just put a little bit of granola and make it fun and maybe some chocolate chips because why not? And that's ice cream. There's two types of ice cream. We have the nice cream, which is the healthy version, and we have the not that healthy version, but we still love it anyway. Yes, and what a great source of energy. I do it a lot with my kids with, you know, if they have soccer practice or games coming up, you know, and who doesn't want to have that? You know, so again, what a great little trick to the trade. What else do you have up your sleeve, Vanessa, that I can trick my kids into? Well, if you really want them to eat vegetables, you can actually add some veggies into those smoothies. Aha, uh -huh. there we go. And what about avocados? Aren't you supposed to put avocados in brownies or something? There's a lot of things that you can do with avocados. You can even put it in the smoothie that we're talking about, and you have almost like a salad there. There you go. There, I know there's not a lot of sugar in that, but it's not going to make it better, but at least it'll keep the brownie the way we want it to be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There. That again, we're very lucky to be living in a time where we are caring a lot about the things that we put in our bodies. And there's so many recipes available online. I mean, I recently saw a recipe of brownies made of chickpea. Oh, wow. Just taking the cooked chickpea and making it into a brownie. And edible cookie dough made with cooked chickpea as well. I mean, wow. it is mind-blowing of all the things that you can do to substitute and to refine the things that you're currently eating, but make taking it to another level, to a healthier level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we did have a question come in in terms of honey as a sweetener, um, if that's an alternate. We did talk a little bit about honey, but if you know a sweetener is required for a recipe, would honey be a good alternative as long as it's a pure organic honey? Correct, it will be. Again, it, it also depends on the type of recipe, just remembering that every person has a different version of the recipe. So if the recipe is calling from agave or maple or honey, then you can go ahead and use it. There are some recipes that are specifically asked for one of them, just because of the level of sweetness. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's something that you can use on your baking to replace sugar. Definitely. And I think, you know, that's a great point for all of us to think about as well as some of these alternatives are very, very sweet, you know, so a little bit goes a long, long way. And I know I've learned that the hard way in the past by overdoing it. Um, so I think that's a great suggestion as well. And another question as well that I'm kind of thinking about is, um, kind of the amount of sugar that we should be looking at. So you mentioned it earlier, but is there kind of an overall general recommendation for sugar or does it really depend on where we're starting from and where we're moving toward? Well, there is one standard, but I don't really believe in those standards because we are all different and our needs are going to be influenced on 
many different things, not only on our bodily composition, but our level of activity and awareness and what our body needs. So for example, a person who is exercising two hours a day and is always on the go and moving and swimming and doing things might require a little bit more sugar than a person who is sitting down most of the day on a desk just working an office job. So it really depends on the type of person that we are dealing with. Generally, as a rule of thumb for myself, I try to keep my sweets as low as possible because everything has sugar at the end. If you're eating fruit, that's sugar. If you're eating carbs, that's sugar. Even some vegetable has a small amount of sugar. So it's not like it's something that we need to actively search. It, it comes to us in our everyday life. So just keeping your sweet to a minimum is going to be a good way to make sure that you're not accessing everything. All right. And we do have Halloween coming up in what, maybe just over a week. Um, we don't want to be that house that's not giving out candy if we're doing candy this year. I don't know, <laughs> COVID that's happening. So Vanessa, what can we do as, you know, consumers that want to kind of take that extra step to hand out something a little bit healthier to any trick-or-treaters that may come by? Sure. There are different sweets that are healthier options out there. You can find it in your supermarket. Not going to be next to the on-sale candy that we have for Halloween, but there are options. And that's an amazing thing. It just make it just take a choice. It's only about you making the choice that this year you're going to give out maybe healthier version of the candy that everybody's used to. Right. That's I'm one thinking thing. fruit leathers or something may be an example of, you know, something that maybe could be given out as, you know, those organic fruit type treats is something exactly. that's coming to my mind. Yes, exactly. And another thing that you can do, and you don't even have to make such a big change in your life, is to make sure that each child is taking only one or two pieces of candy. Because that's another thing. The children go around all the neighborhood collecting all this candy. Some people are mindful to just make sure that they're taking one or two pieces, while other people just allow them to take as many. So making sure that the children that you're receiving take only a couple of pieces, maybe one or two, making sure that your children who are getting the candy only take one or two pieces of, of candy. That's yes. another way to create that balance early on. Yeah, string it out for a little bit longer too, I think. Exactly. <laughs> you know, one piece and it'll last a little bit longer and it may go stale. However, you know, again, just everything in moderation, as you mentioned, I think is, you know, a great, you know, recommendation as well. And so you're telling me I don't need the big, huge family size Snickers. I can. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> they need to make the bite size one. Maybe that's another step down as well from the child size to the bite size. Exactly. <laughs> as we go through that. So I think that's amazing. Um, uh, again, you know, a couple of the things that I wrote down as kind of a summary, and then Vanessa, I will turn it back over to you for some, you know, last minute tips. But again, I think monk sugar for those of you that haven't tried that, definitely throw that on the, the list, your grocery list to give it a try. Um, the portions, I think, is amazing. Think organic, think from the ground up. So think of those, you know, sugars that are in the fruits, things that come from the land, things that haven't been touched by chemicals. Um, and again, a fantastic, you know, different way. So what are some other tricks, Vanessa, that you want to close with that you want to challenge people today and on our podcast to try? 
Well, I do want to challenge everybody to get back to your kitchen. There's power there. There are there's health in your kitchen. And the moment you get back to the kitchen and just set your mind into making healthier version of the food that you are eating already is it's life changing. And I'm telling you from experience, it changed my life and I know it can change everybody else's life. Just getting back into getting your hands dirty, cutting your vegetable, cooking, smelling, tasting, making sure that what you're eating is a reflection of the type of life that you want and creating this connection of your mind and your body. That's where health starts. Yes, it goes back to the introduction. You definitely live this and it's your passion to really bring health and fun and pride to, to everyone you're helping. So Vanessa, you are a true expert. I'm going to call you after I try monk sugar. I did see it at Whole Foods. I saw it at a local grocery store. So I don't think it's a hot commodity we won't be able to find. So I'm gonna give it a try and I'm gonna be calling you to let you know how it goes. And to all of our listeners and podcasters today, thank you so much for joining us. And Vanessa, thank you so much for your expertise. And do I dare say happy Halloween in a little while. <laughs> yes, everybody, happy Halloween and really enjoy the holidays. I mean, it only happens once a year. It does. And it was a different <laughs> one last year. So maybe a little bit of normalcy this year. We hope a little bit, um, you know, to to bring a little bit of joy and cheer. So thank you so much, Vanessa. And thank you to all of our listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you.